All right, <laughs> Elena Barbara. Okay, we are finally together here. After many tech issues, we have made it work. I'm so excited that you are my first guest on the Unschooling the Mind podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm psyched to be your first guest. Yeah, I know. It's so good. And you know what? The first one I started this podcast, I thought, should I even have guests? I, I'm just going to do short riffs because busy parents don't have time to listen anyway. You know, I thought 35 minutes was pretty short. And then I was like, I might even bring it down to 10. And then I was like, you know what, though? You, as you know, behind the scenes, so many of us are connecting that it's impossible yes. to not want to bring each other on and like, you know, corroborate the evidence and, and discuss and connect and have other people follow your work and bring things together. So once I saw the documentary that you put out, which is amazing, American Groomer, and we'll have that in the show notes, I was like, oh my gosh, this mama knows what's up. And not only that, you put together in the 37 minute visual, amazing like presentation, what I tried to do with Jason Christoph in three hours, you know, on, on sheets and stuff, you know, and so it was amazing. So let's just get right into it. So awesome. I wanted to first ask you, uh, what was the pivotal moment for you that made you become such a badass mama and decide that you were going to stand in the gap for our kids? Okay, well, I can tell you, you know, sitting at the kitchen table, screaming for the past few years, watching attacks on free speech, you know, our gun rights in America, our immigration, watching our cities burn down, being told that we're racists, and, you know, just, it, I could go on, right? Mm -hmm. And and it became really frustrating to watch that nobody was standing up for anything. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I my son invited me on his YouTube channel. And in some of that content, I really started to find out a lot about the transgender movement mm -hmm. that really appears to be a social contagion with kids. And I started digging deeper into that and realizing that this is really about sexualization of kids, you know, because, and then I start hearing about book bans and I'm then, and so this particular issue as a mother just really started to really started to get to me. And I really wanted to know more. Mm -hmm. And so I hear, you know, all this controversy around book bans and I'm seeing, but, you know, people are getting kicked out of school board meetings for reading from these books because they're too vulgar. But the mainstream media is telling me there's nothing wrong with these books. So it's okay. You know, kids need these books. They're important. So I bought the books. I'm like, all right, uh, let me just, I, I'm, I'm getting all this conflicting information. I believe nothing else I see on the news anymore about other issues until I do my own homework. So I bought the books. And when I tell you the things that I read in some of these books, like Genderqueer and Let's Talk About It and Flamer, were so vulgar and such extreme adult content to the point of we're talking violent S&M mm -hmm. that I realized people need to wake up. And so this summer I'm sitting at the kitchen table at my mom's house, got a bunch of family over for dinner and it comes up and somebody in my family who's very well educated has worked uh, in the legal system with children for her entire career. Didn't believe me when I was telling her there was pornography being pushed in schools and it's lies at what you're hearing on the mainstream media. And, you know, she said, I consider myself to be a well-informed person. And this just is not true. And somebody on the other side of the table started going, oh, actually, it is true. And he starts pulling up links of news stories of parents getting kicked out of school board meetings and what's going on. And it got tense. Some people walked away from the table. And that was when I said, I have to do something about this. I have to let people know that they're being lied to, 
that they have trust. I've learned that, you know, they have trust in their librarians and trust in their teachers and trust in the school system that it has been shattered. That is not valid anymore. Maybe there was a time when we could trust all those institutions, but we just can't anymore. 100%. So I reached out to my, in my Instagram channel and said, do you, if you have any questions, I'm, uh, I'm meeting with Elena at 5 PM or 6 PM tonight. And one of the big questions was, what is your response to this will never happen in my child's school? So, I mean, you just kind of answered that, that you've got that rhetoric as well. And what's really interesting is up here in Canada during the million March for children, there was a teacher that spoke out. I put it on my page and she basically was apologizing in tears and saying, I am sorry, that is my profession that is going to indoctrinate your kids. And she said the reason that people are struggling to understand what's going on is because they look down the hallway and they look in their classroom and they don't see it in this classroom and they don't see it in that classroom. And so when you go deeper in the agenda, you understand how insidious it is that it's not an actual subject, that there's no panel of people that are choosing these books, that it's up to the discretion of the librarian, of the sex activists they hired to lead the LGBTQ gay groups after school or that one teacher who's really wanting to push this or it's perhaps a principal or maybe it's Planned Parenthood dropping in the sex A to Z cards like they did accidentally in Saskatchewan and BC here last summer. So um, what do you say and how do you handle that? And and it's funny because that's what you're saying was the thing that made you go, I got to do something about this. So I'm still hearing that. Oh yeah, I I'm getting I'm putting out con- a lot of content shorts on Twitter and on Instagram and TikTok and I'm still getting comments that say, "Oh yeah, I've heard about this, but it doesn't happen here." And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Listen, call call the school, call your school district or your child's school and ask them for a list of library books. You're going to have to fight for that." So, you have no idea what is in there. And parents don't know until they know. And every, I tell them every single parent that you see getting kicked out of a school board meeting for reading from these books, they also thought it wasn't in their school until it was put under their nose and they saw it and they heard about it from their kid. So we have to be proactive. Do not believe that, don't even for a second believe that you're exempt from this. So here in the States, uh, 39 states have what are called obscenity exemption statutes that make it. So it's a crime to show pornography to a child. If you show it to them in the mall or the park or anywhere. Uh, But if you cross the threshold of a school or a library, you can show it to them there and you will be exempt from criminal prosecution. Mm -hmm. And so that more up until a couple of years ago, that was 44 states and five states have repealed the exemptions. So I asked them, I say, what state are you in? And even if they say New Jersey, I say, well, New Jersey doesn't have them. New Jersey is legally uh, a safe state, but I can show you where in New Jersey schools, these these books have been found in the school libraries. And because it doesn't matter because they're pushing them under this umbrella of inclusion and fairness to trans kids and gay kids. And, you know, it raises the other question of why are we talking about who children are sexually attracted to? It just, it's just this avalanche of, you know, questions that come at you when you really start thinking about what's going on. So I show them specific examples from their own states of where it's happening and explain to them that everyone thought it wasn't them. 
Well, it's interesting that we bring up New Jersey because <laughs> here I am, this little mom up in Canada that's getting censored as well. And um, I was doing some research for one of my presentations and found out that the, I found a like an article that it said in New Jersey that there's been a 4,000% increase in kids who uh, declare themselves binary, non-binary. And it's interesting because um, one day in my email list, so I have, you know, thousands of people on my email list. And one day it popped into my box. Like, I don't see who signs up for my email list, but somehow this one day I did. And lo and behold, it was the NGEA, like the New Jersey Education, like diversity group. And I'm like, they're creeping on my website and wanting to get on to see what I am saying. Isn't that wild? And I wow. caught it. I caught it and I deleted them. But I just thought, man, this is next level. Right, because they need to know how to form arguments against people like you. Look at um, Gays Against Groomers. So this is an organization of lesbians, gays, bisexual people, and some trans people who are saying, lay off the kids. And they're active in almost every state. And they have had a role in every all 19 states that have recently banned trans surgeries. But the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, has... Uh, labeled them an extremist group. Mm. Um, uh, the Trevor Project has called them a hate group, an anti-LGBTQ uh, hate group. I mean, the, the absurdity of it. So what they're trying to do is creep on you and then they can you know, put you on their watch list of bad people. I'm sure I, you know, I haven't heard if I'm on a watch list yet, but uh, it's inevitable. I'm sure you are. But you know what? Yeah. We're in good company. I, I definitely yeah. know most of my friends from going to the trucker convoy are on that list. I mean, we have our government up here who's paid $850,000 a year for an anti-hate.ca network where uh, his cronies that he hires with our taxpayer dollars actually have a list and profiles of people who are actually just out speaking the truth and bringing voice to, and concern to the communism that's creeping up here. I shouldn't even say creeping up, right? We're in a full, we've been seized up here in Canada, let's be honest. And most of those people I know, so I'm not even sure I should be on a list. If I'm not, I will be soon and uh, we'll be together and in good company. So, you know, that's just how I've wow. kind of chalked it up. And I, I have interviewed Maggie and she was, she's also, I think she's yes. the chapter leader in, um, in New York now. Yes. And, uh, you know, we came together for the million March, you know, and so when anyone calls you, and this is for the audience as well, a bigot, a transphobe, I mean, you're going to hear climate denier, it's going to go on and on. Just know that you are on target, you are on target speaking common sense, and that what they are saying is an actual program. It's a, it's a program. These people are programmed, right? And they are just spewing rhetoric, like absolute nonsense that parents would be concerned about the content in their children's um, textbooks or libraries. To bring that up for the viewers, if you go to exposingsoji123.com, and I'll have that in the show notes, in Canada, there is a dad who's put together chronologically uh, across the nation all of the books that are in the library. So you can look up the school, you can look up the library and through other parents, concerned parents who have gone in, taken the books, he has categorized this and you can see uh, where it is in your school. But, um, awesome. let, you know, I was listening to your documentary and one of the interesting things they talked about was the teacher's union. 
So up here in Canada, there was a leaked Zoom call when the Million March was going on of the the, the union leaders coming together and encouraging their employees and, uh, to go protest against these parents who in their eyes were hate. There's no place for hate is what their thing is, right? These parents who are coming together, Sikhs, Muslim, Jews, everyone interesting that the manufactured you know war out east like you know squashed that union it seems like whenever we come together united about the kids something catastrophic happens so tell me in the states because in the documentary talked a little bit about the power of the teachers union like who's funding this in your opinion what's going on with them you know i i can't say for sure but we hear that it's you know Soros funded and all all the things that are destroying us, but I don't know if that's just hearsay at this point because I I am not an investigative journalist journalist. You know, I put this film together because I wanted to help my country and I wanted to help the children. Um, but I truly I had to study and really do deep research and learn how to interview people and learn how to make a document, write a documentary. And I did it, but you know, with what skills I had, but I'm not, I'm not skilled to say, follow the money and find out really where this might, who is funding this and why. Um, but I do know that they get a lot of, a lot of uh, free books from places like the human rights campaign, which has lists and lists of books that talk about gender identity starting in pre-k mm-hmm. so you can go on their websites and find their their resources for schools and it'll teach you how to talk to a three-year-old about being in the wrong body mm-hmm. or being non-binary mm-hmm. um you know the teachers un- unions here in the states have tremendous political power and they give a lot of money to political candidates mm-hmm. so they also have that power behind them i don't i can't for the life of me figure out why when we have a failing education system here in the US, the teachers unions have any voice at all, because obviously you're failing our children. Mm-hmm. 100%. When, you know, less than half of them are reading and reading and doing math at grade level when they graduate high school, they're just being pushed through, handed diplomas, they can barely read. And, you know, this is and this is the the the, the workforce and the citizens that you're creating. But what I really work, worry about with the teachers unions are the teachers themselves. So any teacher, you know, that's been there for a while, I'd, I'd say the majority of teachers are well-intentioned and they want to teach kids. And all the ones that I talk to, you know, and I'm middle-aged, so I'm talking to older teachers and all of them just say, anytime this stuff comes down the pipeline, they do what they can to just kick it to the side and try to ignore it. They don't want to talk to their kids about gender identity and sex, like sexual preference, kink, you know, why, why are, have we even heard one story of a teacher bringing sex toys into a classroom to, to discuss with children about pleasure? I mean, we're, we're dealing with such a, you know, such a crazy thing that we have to fight for the innocence of children. That was something that we always agreed on as mm-hmm. human beings. Mm-hmm. And now we're told that children are sexual from birth and we should be honoring that. And, and when, you know, people like us just aren't having it, but I feel sorry for the teachers because they're so pressured teacher that's been teaching for 20, 25 years. She's ready to retire. She's got her whole, her pension that she's been working on for decades. 
and she just wants to retire in a few years and it's being held over her head. Either you follow the rules and you go and you hang that rainbow flag or you're going to be outcast if you speak up. And I think that what we need here is more parents to speak up, but we also need people of power to speak up and say to the teachers, we're going to have your back and we're going to fight for you to make sure you don't lose everything when you stand up and say this is wrong. Well, this is all just like the ShmovidCon 2.0, right? And I feel like it's calling on each one of us to hear the calling of speaking up when it matters the most and we have the most to lose. Like this is like a collective human experience that we are going through. People that have in the last four years just kind of glided by and aren't getting involved in anything, they're going to have their opportunity. I believe, especially this year in 2024, like literally with the doctors, it's the same thing. Teachers is the same thing. Teachers are supposed to be beacons of light and knowledge for our children. And I'm sorry, but during COVID, they dropped the boat. You know, if they thought that they were doing a great job, you know, I'm sure some of them were trying their best. And I've actually interviewed some who've left and taken their kids now out of the system and talked about how horrific it was and how the teachers spoke about the the parents who didn't comply necessarily. And so it's the same thing with um, the doctors, you know, oh, they're not speaking up because why? Because they might lose their jobs because they might this and that. Like the entire matrix structure is all about this power authority authoritarian control and it's got a hook into everything and I think it's really hard for people to wrap their heads around this are 98% of the people good natured people yes but they're also programmed they're they're programmed and that is the most dangerous person somebody that cannot see the just follow orders well I'm doing it because I was told to I'm just going to push that flag I better put these things I'm not going to say anything I'm going to keep quiet I mean the Holocaust happened when I brought that up in 2020 I had so many people and I'm Jewish and the Jews were mad at me when I said like this is how the Holocaust happened when good people stood by idly and let things pass right why is that a controversial thing to say because that we've been saying I, I heard that my entire life when I first learned about the Holocaust as a little girl it was because good people stood around and let and let it happen because I remember as a kid saying but how could that happen how do mm -hmm. people like, it's the first thing you say is how come nobody stood up for them? Mm -hmm. You're absolutely mm -hmm. right. I don't know. And I don't, I don't know. It's such a triggering thing. And and not all there's are there's there are many awake Jewish people. I'm not going to say that in my circle, there was only a few at the time. I think there's more now, but um, definitely it's like, you know, you're not allowed to bring that up. And even people that are Jewish, they don't want you to bring up George Soros, you know, because that might be anti-Semitic. Well, I'm sorry. I don't care. Evil lurks in all forms, genders and races like and religion. So let's get it straight, people. This is about humanity versus evil, the good people of the world versus the elites. And that's how I see it. And, and that's not going to change. But um, getting back to what you were talking about, about investigative reporting, that that's one of the reasons I think people are kept in the dark. You know, the people perish for a lack of knowledge. And obviously with censorship, which equals communism and death, in my opinion, which is happening to you, it's happening to me, these two moms just out of nowhere. Imagine how it's happening to bigger voices and politicians. And then you start to start to question like the people that have huge accounts that are politicians like how come they get to speak was kind of saying the same thing you know i mean this whole idea of controlled opposition no i don't believe it's everybody but there really is like something to this matrix of what's allowed to be seen and so when people don't know 
right? Like you said, oh, I'm not an investigative journalist, but I, I've seen this and I've seen that. You know, it's great for us to say what we have physically seen and who we've spoken to. But the 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 big thing that's between our countries, what I have noticed, and I know you spoke about this in your documentary, was Alfred Kinsey mm-hmm. and John Money, who is the mad scientist, we'll call him, that coined gender ideology in the first place and was actually uh, a creeper with the Reimer twins. Y'all can look that up or go to one of my presentations. And up here in Canada, we have Ben Levin, who was a the deputy minister for Kathleen Wynne, uh, the premier of our biggest province, who pushed through and tabled the SOGI curriculum, which is equivalent to your, in the States, sexual comprehension guide done by, okay. pushed by UNESCO and the UN. So it basically, underlying all of this, so people understand, is the fact that children are sexual from birth. And that right there is the problem. Because to understand what's going on, we have to look back historically and take a bit of a bird's eye view. So basically that notion, which was pushed by Alfred Kinsey back in the 40s, right, through predatory self-serving data of pedophiles and most likely himself. um, And people say, well, he might have just been watching. We're not sure. Well, let me tell you, if you guys look into it deep enough, you'll see that he actually went to... Alistair Crowsley's place when he died to go find his books and, you know, had this thing for him. Like, you know, you guys, we got to get to the point where, where there's smoke, there's fire. We have to start really calling stuff out. As if it's okay to watch abuse and stand there and take notes. Like pay them, pay them. That's that's the same as participating, but anyway. So what did you find out? And what did you find out about what, what did you, were you aware of um, Alfred Kinsey and his work being the basis for your current comprehensive sexual curriculum right now in the United States? No, I had heard of him through what is a woman. And then um, once I started, I went to Washington to interview Terry Schilling from the American Principles Project. And they're a family values lobbying group in Washington. And, you know, they're doing a lot of work out there. And he was the one who told me about the obscenity exemption statutes. And when I went to talk to Mary McAllister at the Child and Parental Rights Campaign, who they're a legal group that are working with, you know, to help parents fight for their their children against this gender ideology in the schools, she was the one who can help me connect the dots between Kinsey and, um, and, and you know, and the education. And Kinsey was funded by the Rockefellers. And his initial institute was funded by the Rockefeller Foundation. And then they put together after they he did all this research and published his books on the human sexuality and in uh, sexuality in the human female and one in the human male. He they then por- formed a legal a legal guild to create these obscenity exemption statutes. So they created a model penal law, and then they went around the country and in 44 states managed to pass these exemptions and it was directly linked to Kinsey. And then I realized that one of his disciples was the founder of PSYCHUS, uh, which is the Sexual Information and Education Council of the United States, the one of the largest and most influential sex ed organizations in the states that have influence in all schools in every in all 50 states. And so all of it just goes back, leads back to Kinsey. And you know, he was a pervert who abused children. And the fact that n- none of these people turned around and said, you know, what you, what this man 
has done is criminal and bizarre is is just beyond me and how they managed to convince 44 states to make it okay to show pornography to children and how they convinced 50 states to put inappropriate and misleading information into schools so it's not just about children are, you know, from the children are sexual from birth, you know, you have this whole sex positivity movement. You can sleep with whoever you want. You, it's good for you. You're free. You have the right to do it, but they don't really teach kids valuable facts about STDs. You know, they kind of treat STDs as a no biggie. It's not that big of a deal. Don't worry. You can take a pill, but meanwhile, big pharma is raking in billions of dollars every year on young people's STDs. And they're completely disregarding the fact that it is traumatic to catch an STD, regardless of how many times somebody tells you it's nothing. When you can't sit, stand, or walk because it hurts so bad, you're going to feel differently about it. It just goes on and on. Yeah. And it, in this, the trans agenda, uh, all of this is a pharmaceutical political agenda period, and it's turned into a social mm -hmm. contagion with the big push of a small minority of people. And if people want to go and look up people like Jennifer Prichter, who used to be a man, you know, uh, George Soros's open society, you, you know, can easily link a lot of this funding to these organizations, even the NGA that we talked about earlier in New Jersey. And, and it's, it's not that far to see a couple arms lengths that it's the same group of people. And a lot a lot of them are these transgender billionaire guys, these men that have fetishes and want to dress up as women and are pumping millions of dollars into our universities and other NGOs to push forward this agenda because I believe, and with enough research, you can find yourself that this is leading us to a transhumanist takeover. This is what they want. They want to merge machine with human. And in order to do that, they have to break down genders. They have to break down culture. They have to make the erasure of womanhood because we are the givers of life and birth. And that is much too godly. And what this is, is an AI takeover on some sort by these psychopaths. And interesting, when you talk about Kinsey, how did everybody just let this happen? Well, that's what I say, selected and protected. And it's, he, he was selected and protected like everyone else. Like, how did um, this other guy in, uh, in Canada, um, Ben, you know, he went to jail, Ben Levin, for three years for admitting for child pornography for producing child pornography. This is the education minister for the Kathleen Wynne who pushed this curriculum into wow. Canada that's now rampant everywhere. He uh, admitted to sexually assaulting all three of his daughters and, and fantasizing about having sex with his grandkids who were babies at the time. How did this guy... How come his bank accounts weren't frozen? I just want to know because, you know, the truckers, they could do the that. Truckers, like, why, yeah. why, why was his bank account frozen? He got less than three years. And there were people and psychologists on record that said that this SOGI curriculum and were protesting against him and saying that this is predatory grooming material. And now what started as a pilot project in one little town, in one little city, has turned rampant through the entire nation because it is being well-funded. 
And you see these parents going to school boards, just like in the States, they can't get an answer. They're told that they're, you know, racist and they're bigots and they're, they're a threat to the community and they won't be right. It's the same playbook. It, it absolutely is, you know, and it's funny because to go back to what you said earlier about how, how come some voices get to say conservative things. And the reason is because if you tell, you let enough people speak truth, just a, just a little bit, then it seems like you're fair. And it mm-hmm. seems like, oh yeah, everything is still we okay. Have choice. Look, look, they let him, t- they let him talk, but, but I'm going to silence most of these people because we don't want too many of them waking people up. Like, I do, we can see that there's an actual effort to normalize pedophilia. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 20 years ago, they went, you know, when the Catholic Church scandal broke, you know, that everybody went after them. Oh, the Catholic Church is bad. So it, that had a that had a, a multi-pronged purpose. One, it makes it seem like we actually care about children. Don't you tell us we don't care about children. Look how we shun the Catholic church. And it also shed a bad light on religion and church and God, which is extremely useful when you're trying to normalize pedophilia and you help, you know, you start teaching young people from when I was a child, even about started with self-esteem. Then it started with follow your dreams and you, every everything is about you and your feelings. And so, you know, it puts us in the seat of idolatry. And then you start adding, oh, your physical pleasure is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're at, where they're teaching mm-hmm. children that they're how they feel in their body, whether they're being sexual or not, how you, you know, your mood indicates your gender. I mean, they're just, just making up these wackadoo things. But when you take away God, you take away reason. It's easy to fill it, to, to fill that void because it has to be filled with something. But in the end, they can try to remove women and remove men, but as powerful as they think they are, they are not going to win. You cannot undo human nature. You just can't mm-hmm. without continuing to poison our food and, you know, our psyches and, you know, so they will, they will hurt some of us, but human nature, which was in my view created by God is unbeatable. So mm-hmm. we're going to win this war on our children eventually and on our societies we're going to win this war eventually but it it's going to get worse before it gets better because they're doing a really good job of infiltrating the minds of of our society from children when they're when they're young agreed i 100% agree that we will win this war and i don't know if it's just something in my soul it's just like it's something that i know just like how i could see this scam coming and i woke up i feel like there's a spiritual contract with those of us who are star seeds and we get our mission papers and we're supposed to be doing this work right it's almost <laughs> like i woke up and i was like oh this is why i'm on this planet right so i too feel like we will win this war and i do think it's going to get worse before it gets better because there's so many people that are complacent wanting to stick their head in the sand and we have been coached and programmed to believe that the devil doesn't exist and i'm not saying a big guy with scary horns and stuff but wh- whatever you want to call this 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 evil this this dark consciousness whatever word suits you uh it is what it is and it is infiltrated into every system that has raised us. And I'm just going to say it how it is. And maybe I'll get wiped for this. But I just believe that there's a network of pedophiles that are elites and they run the world. And that's why all of these people have these like backgrounds and they've been able to stay. I mean, if you look at the Kinsey Institute, for example, 
they are still getting 850,000 US dollars a year, 450,000. It's 850,000 um, Canadian dollars for the, the anti-hate network, but 450,000 US dollars a year from the American government to keep their facility open. They yep. have asked numerous times to have the documents of the people who are still living, if they're living at all now, uh, that know that they were victims of his abuse and they will not give them. And they actually have a plan they actually have an exit plan of if the FBI or anyone enters their facility on how to burn or get rid of the evidence of Kinsey's predatory self-serving data. And so right there, you have to say to yourself, why is this being protected? Like when you talked earlier about finding stuff where you could see uh, what they're giving three-year-olds or, or the young ones, mm -hmm. um, in one of my presentations, I found this UN um a video and it's it's a training video for teachers to talk about and it was in the Netherlands to talk about uh sex with the a three-year-old so there was literally a teacher there with the three-year-old in Dutch or whatever she's speaking speaking and you see the subtitles and she's like you know what what do you do with your wiener do you touch yourself at the table no you don't touch yourself at the table do you that would be awful and you can see this kid just like and listen I I did my degree in psychology. It's pretty basic 101 that when you tamper with children too young and you introduce sexual content too early, you actually change the functions of their brain. Yes. That, yes, that's I've just, seen that research. Right? It, 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 their physical brain development will change as well as their social and emotional development. A hundred percent. And so the people at the top know this. Now, Listen to this. So yesterday I posted about um, there's a man, a trans man in Canada who just got an award from our general governor, a merit award for shutting down, ready for this, a rape crisis center, the oldest rape crisis center in Vancouver. He got the funding cut because he complained so much and pushed that they would not accept transgender men into the facility where victims of women, ra raped women are staying. They would not accept trans men. And he got their funding cut and he just got a medal of diversity and inclusion award from our governor general. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And and there's still people, and I don't know if they're trolls or bots or what, that are on there posting how crazy it is for me. And just you wait till you have a niece or a nephew that says they're trans. And I'm like, if I had a niece or a nephew that said they were trans, I would be putting them on a plane and getting them out of this country. And I don't know if you know about this, Elena. Do you know about Bill C-11 up here in Canada? No. Let's talk about legislation for a second. Yes, because... tell me. So B Bill C-11 passed about a year and a half ago and a uniparty, okay? So if you, you guys have your Democrats and your Republicans. So it's a uniparty also. The yeah. ours is too. And they came together. Not one person voted against this. So if your child identifies as trans, you have to automatically gender affirm them and go the pharmaceutical path. If you do not, you will end up in jail. There's a, I was actually on what is a woman, the guy that he interviewed was a guy in BC up here that was in jail for like 67 days. And they gag order the courts and you're not even allowed to talk about it in media or you'll be charged. So not only can you do you have to gender affirm, you cannot find them any help by a clergyman, a psychologist, a mental health professional to help your child get through this kind of anxious or confusing time. And you are not allowed to leave the country with your child. You will be put in jail. 
and you'll be fine. That is what they pass through. And four and a half minutes of them clapping like they did something so great. They'll see 11 because they, they, are, they are demonizing conversion therapy. And that's how they position it. But what they've done is they've completely taken away parental rights. While they're doing all of this in the schools, shutting down parents at school boards, simultaneously passing legislation through the house. Like it's insane. I'm aghast. Right. I mean, I, we have, we have some similar things happening in California that you can have your child taken away from you and you, or you, you can lose custody of your child either from another parent or from the state if you don't affirm the child. This is even, this takes that to the next level, but that would be the next, that will be the next step in California. I'm sure they're looking at Bill C-11 and trying to do the same thing. Uh, yes, completely taking away parental rights, but completely ignoring the science that, you know, we just found out last year or in 22 actually now, um, you know, that some of the puberty blockers they give kids are causing brain swelling. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we know that they're causing osteoporosis. We, you know, and at this point it's almost common knowledge that, you know, a, a, a drug like Lupron, which is the, the most common puberty blocker, not only, um, it was used to chemically castrate sex offenders. So here we had the American civil liberties union. Uh, they, they fought against using it on sex offenders because it was, um, cruel and unusual punishment too extreme. Mm-hmm for child rapists, but we can give it to children. So what it does, it is sterilizing the kids. These are just a couple of examples and not even to mention the surgeries and not to mention that we really don't have enough research to know that these things are safe. We already know they're not safe by the things I just said. Mm -hmm. um, and they're completely ignoring that science and not allowing parents to protect their children and protecting parents who are abusing their children because over 60% of these, these trans kids are autistic. Mm -hmm. So you have kids who can probably more easily than a non-autistic child be convinced, you know, in, into feeling like here's where you'll come and you will feel like you belong. And this is your community. Just take these drugs mm -hmm. and you'll feel better. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it, it's, it's criminal. And it's tragic. Well, here we've had 19 states ban ban these things for minors, and they're calling it a trans genocide and all that, which is ironic because by sterilizing children, you're actually that's an actual you know genocide of cutting off a family line so it will die off very quickly within one generation. That's genocide. Yeah, it definitely goes hand in hand with their depop agenda and. You know, I'm just going to say it that it's absolutely demonic because um, that's that's how I see it. Like, that's what we're watching. We're watching the biggest child sacrifice on a collective global level that we've ever seen come to rise in the public. And they're just wanting us to accept it. And and you, and you can see with when when people get irate that you just don't accept their version of reality. You're not even trying to hurt them or you know uh, take them out or kill them or threaten them. Like I've never done that to any human on the planet. But the, they they don't even want you to um, not accept what they're saying. They want you to celebrate it. And if you do not celebrate it, they'll go after you. I mean, that's where we're at. That's when you know that there are some demonic forces that have landed on these people. And, you know, it's like hell is empty. That's what it feels like. Hell is empty yes. and everyone's up here. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's, 
it's nuts, right? Like at what point? I mean, and you just think to yourself, like all these politicians, all these people who have a voice aren't saying anything. Everyone's just going on like tickety boo, right? Like I just gonna keep paying my taxes. Well, they're all bought, they're all bought, <laughs> they're all, you know, blackmailed. Um, yeah. they're all they all are making money on it. Yeah. You know, they were all big... invested in the big pharma in, in all these drugs. And so for them, it's profitable and safe to not say anything. Mm -hmm. And we no longer, I, I, I'm sure you feel this, sounds like you feel the same way in Canada. You no longer feel represented by your elected officials. Oh, yeah. I know I don't. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. I mean, um, you know, it's funny because people, there would be an upcoming election, just like with you guys, you know, um, in 2025, supposedly, or they think Trudeau's going to get out, right? And 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 Pierre Polyev's going to save the day. I'm like, Pierre Polyev is the one that denounced Christine Anderson, which is the MP from Germany who stood up against Trudeau, the only one in the EU, and the only one that's actually dealing and talking about the mass immigration that's going on in her country. But of course, she's labeled a racist for doing so. Meanwhile, women are getting raped right, left, and center in Germany in the middle yeah. of the night and at train stations from these men, these men, you know, these males that they're letting in, like just like they're doing at the border in your country, and no one's allowed to talk about it because you're a racist. You know what I'm saying? It's just like any those key words you know you're on target racist transphobe bigot climate denier you're good you're good if you're in yeah. that category you know keep going <laughs> yeah right exactly yes i'm a, i'm a i'm a conspiracy theorist and a white supremacist right. okay go ahead i'll take whatever you got you call me i don't even care and that's i mean and that's where some of us are are starting to win a little bit is because they just now their arrows just bounce right off mm-hmm Mm -hmm. We yeah. don't care anymore. Like I'm coming, you know, you're coming for the children and I'm coming to stand between you and the children and That's you right. can call me whatever you want. That's right. So here, just speaking of racism and the absurdity of our own, of our government. So uh, we have a couple senators, Cory Booker and Barbara Lee, and they keep every couple of years putting, putting this new bill up. It's called the Real Education for Healthy Youth Act. And it is to bring federal funding, to garner federal funding, to have sex education starting in kindergarten, like formal sex education starting in elementary. Mm -hmm. And when you read the bill, it's like 40 pages of gobbledygook, but every other paragraph says that the reason we need to do this is uh, to combat white supremacy. Oh. Because marginalized communities haven't had proper sex education and, you know, that's because of white supremacy. I mean, they just wow. just slap it all together in this ugly stew and, and we're and then they go out and the people that vote for them don't read the bills that they put out. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So here we are, you know, and this is how our tax dollars are being spent. And quite frankly, our children are in danger of something like that passed. And they start teaching even heavier sex education than they already are to our little ones in school formerly. I mean, I think these kids are going to be so screwed up by the time they're in the third or fourth grade because they're seeing themselves as sexual objects. They're seeing other kids as sexual objects. So they'll abuse each other. And even if a teacher isn't has no intention of ever touching a child, this kid's ready. When the first adult that comes that walks in the door that is a creep that does want to touch them because they're going to think this is normal and I'm not supposed to feel the way I'm feeling and I just have to be quiet because if I say anything that makes me bad that means I hate mm -hmm. you know you can't 100%. you can't 
speak out again. Love is love. Hurting you. Love is love. And, you know, then of course, with the, the white supremacy notion and, you know, apologizing for your whiteness, we have the critical race theory that's also embedded in the curriculums. And, you know, that's just making um, white kids feel guilty for their, for something they had no control over. And it's making further divide and making every other ethnicity feel that they have less agency. And up here in Canada, they're passing right now. It's gone through the second reading in our, our Senate and our house um, bills, uh, education 67 of the education act so they are literally changing get this the definition of racism to a notion that means that one race is superior over another not just consciously but also subconsciously they are literally changing the definition and now they're putting in that bill that every teacher who goes to school and to become a teacher has to do all the diversity inequity training and has to be versed and has to sign off on that they too believe the notion that there is something called unconscious racism so you see the setup right I mean, Mm -hmm. like you said, you said the younger generations are going to just be, they're they're getting rid of the old ones, right? They don't want the old ones that have common sense that are saying, I don't want to teach about dildos in my classroom. (sighs) They're going to get rid of those ones real quick, you know, give them a clot shot, get what they can to get them out of there. And then they're going to bring in this new breed, which we're already seeing these, you know, head cases on TikTok that are like, can't wait to indoctrinate your kid. (laughs) <laughs> Nothing about math or science or reading yeah. on their bulletin boards. Their whole classroom is a rainbow flag. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got these these ones that are, you know, they have their own trauma and they're being empowered, right, by the top down. And a lot of the teachers I've interviewed actually talk about during COVID how that's when all the stuff came up, all the Soji stuff, all the rainbow stuff, when the ki- when the parents were locked out of the schools. That's when it was happening. And um, that they've broken the triad. They've broken the triad, the original triad that between student, parent, and child. So any problem that there was, there was a triad where they worked together and that has been broken and severed with the parent. And now the parent has become an enemy. And with teachers, one thing I'll say, listen, there are some great teachers. I'm sure they start out great. They think they're doing a great thing. I get it. I went into social work and psychology and service work. Um, but I didn't know what I was doing and I was just doing what I was trained to do. I was teaching behavioral cognitive therapies to families who had children with disability to make them more compliant. Now I'm an unschooling coach. So, you know, I'm doing the complete opposite, (laughs) right? I'm doing the complete opposite. So same with teachers. Teachers are like asking a fish to explain, you know, water. I mean, they, they've literally gone through the system themselves, then went through the system to learn how to teach within the system, to stay in the system and work in the system and work up a ladder. They have no idea. And the ones who do have left. That's it. Yeah. And that's what's going on. And that's why I advocate for unschooling or homeschooling or find your homeschooling pods, find your community. Let's make some solutions here because these people cannot be trusted at this time. I think that would be the greatest way to make a huge jolt in and change. Just everybody, just there as many people as possible say, you know what? I don't need a second car. Yeah. Um, I, I don't need the best cable package because yeah. that's the thing. Let's Everybody's gotten really fat and happy and spoiled mm-hmm. and, you know, making personal sacrifices very hard for Americans. A lot of Americans, I can say that, you know, mm-hmm. they, and so, you know, but saying, I don't need those extra things. I don't need the extra bathroom and bedroom. We can live in a smaller house and I'm going to put my family first and put my kids first. That will create such a um, you know, a lightning bolt in this, in the public education school system 
that 100%. they will have to change because yeah. their funding will disappear. I mean, look at, you know, we have Randy Weingarten here in the US, uh, the head of the biggest teachers union, and all she does is rail against homeschoolers. She goes after them so hard. And all the data shows that homeschool kids do better academically on standardized tests, on college admissions, on so uh, on social skills, all of it. And she is losing her mind because we are inching up towards towards more and more homeschool kids and she's mm-hmm. losing funding. And um, it's fun to watch, but it needs to be bigger. And I think people, you know, part of that's why I included a little bit about homeschooling in the, uh, you know, in, in the film, because it, I wanted to have just enough to let people know that, you know, these myths and stigmas around homeschooling, they are simply not true. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, now it's like it, the stigmas are around schooled kids. And now that I've been doing it for four years, you know, I'll even go further and say unschooled kids are even more sought after than homeschoolers and universities. Like if people go, not, not that I want my kids to go to university, because I clearly see that the higher up you go, the worse it is. So right. all of that, by the time my kids are ready to go, I mean, I'm pushing for entrepreneurship or trade schools, like go learn an actual skill. Do not stay away from these woke universities and colleges, please. But honestly, like, um, yeah, I mean, we're there at, I think we're at 5 million homeschoolers now in North America. It's jumped 120% in the last year <laughs> up in here in Canada. So it, th- with the awareness, I mean, we are her nemesis. Like we are exposing and bringing light to the darkness of which has been there for a very long time. These institutions have gone unchecked. And, uh, you know, so we would, you, people like you and me are definitely threats to her, but, but thank God, because it really, like you said, it would take one generation, just like sterilizing them one generation to like take out a, a, a family, uh, bloodline. And like, let's be honest, we got to start listening to what these elites say. We know there's a depop agenda. Let's look into Planned Parenthood. You guys get off the Instagram and get onto some of these websites or presentations, go see the work, go see uh, Elena's documentary. Like you have to go further into just looking at memes to really understand, right? Like this is happening. Yeah. And, and you know what, And, and so much of the stuff, like I said, I'm not an investigative journalist, but so much of this stuff is just it is in with the arm's reach. It's not that hard to find a lot of the information. I yeah. mean, it is it, it's really easy to find it. You just got to want to spend a little time, like you said, and it's worth it because it's for your children. You wouldn't put your kid in a vat of poison for eight hours a day, take them home, give them a bath and say, well, he's fine and I don't have to worry. And that's how people I hear one excuse I hear from people is, you know what? No, I, I, I know what they're telling him in school, but you know, when he gets home, we tell him what's why. Yeah, I know. So for 30 seconds, when you say, no, that's not true, but he heard it all day long in school, you're not undoing it in 30 seconds. Oh, no. It sinks in. That's and right. uh, you know, people really need to get a grip on exactly how important it is for their families and for this country to in your country, you know, mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. human society. I mean, we got other countries around the world that are looking at us and going, what are they doing? What is going on over there? Because they understand human nature and they're still respecting it. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, I, unfortunately, or fortunately, however it's supposed to roll out is that people don't really do anything until it's affecting them personally. And I've gotten many a phone calls and emails saying, help me, my kids identifying as trans, my eight-year-old says they're going to a non-binary birthday party. What do I do? I didn't realize this was in my school. So, you know, it's, you just kind of have to, you know, lead by example and uh, be a soft landing for those who are ready to make that shift when they see it coming. But Literally, 
you know, our countries, our countries have been infiltrated by a globalist agenda that is under the umbrella of the sustainable goals, the UN sustainable goals. I mean, they mm -hmm. want to make homeschooling illegal. They have said under the guise of privilege. So think about that, all you 5 million homeschoolers out there. You might want to start piping up and leading by example as well to the rest of the community because we're going to have to fight this together, you know? Wow, I hadn't heard that they want to make homeschooling illegal mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. under the guise of protecting children and what's what's best for children. Well, because we can't parents... have any privilege, right? You can't have any privilege. We need to have one world government, one world religion, one world school, you know. Right. Most it's funny because most most homeschoolers that I personally know, they live they they do they live extremely simple lives. There is no financial class privilege. They live in smaller oh, I, homes. Most they of them are down to one income. Yeah. One income and not one, you know, multi-million dollar income. And mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's it's to call it privilege is is laughable in reality yeah. when it what it really is is sacrifice. So yes, okay, a child having the privilege of being raised by parents who are willing to sacrifice for them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that is a privilege. But so But what? is it is it or is it a sovereign right given by God? Because yeah. in my opinion, I birthed these children and you know what? I think that we're the lucky ones. It's not a sacrifice and that sounds like a cliche. There is a sacrifice. I understand the financial I just cost. mean financial. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and the spiritual cost and the emotional cost because a lot of parents come to me and they want solutions, but they don't want to change anything in their life. And I tell them two things. Number one is um, everything's going to change anyway. So you might as well take the the bull by the reins because I don't know if you've looked outside there, if you're under a rock yet, it's going to happen anyway. So you might as well get ahead of it. Um, and uh, and yeah, like just basically that. And they say, well, just tell me where to put my kid. Tell me what to do. And I was like, what you do is you work on you. You work on this conditioned mind because our kids actually will be all right if we get them out of that toxic soup. It's us that are mostly fucked up because we've been way conditioned more than our children. We have Correct. to unhook from the system. We have to start questioning the beliefs. This rat race that we're in, this timeline, this this these outside expectations, this jumping this gold star reward system, this this accomplishing things for the just the sake of accomplishment. Like, what are we actually doing? Do you, if people understood? where the standardized test testing model actually started from the guy who actually talked about it Ingalls back in like the 1920s and you can get all of this information through John Taylor Gatto's work and I'll put him in the show notes as well um you know he they, the elites got together with business and government in order to create public schooling that's what happened and they said okay we don't want a mobocracy so what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to keep them dumb and keep them in a role of servitude that's what we have to do. So that, that's yeah. what school is about. We have to make them reflexive, obedient followers, and we have to make sure that they don't find out this is happening to them. And, and so what we're going to do is we're going to create these other schools for, for our kids who will run the slaves, right? Yeah. And intergenerationally, we'll pass on the keys to the human farm and we'll teach them how to do that. And so that's what we're actually waking up to, right? That's what what's actually happening. <laughs> it's absolutely it's been happening ever since back then ever since they mm -hmm. decided to do this i mean you know we just we just in this you know just giving you a concrete example just recently in the state of illinois they dropped funding for um you know low-income kids they were they were funding by the state for low-income kids to have school choice to go to private school and they were paying the tuition 
from the taxes and they just dropped it and left all these kids out in 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 the, the lurch and they all have to go to public school now the the governor who did nothing he just like was like oh yeah whatever let it happen didn't fight the legislature didn't speak out nothing he went to milton academy which is like one of the finest private boarding schools in Massachusetts and in the country, like senators, presidents, like that's where they go. That's where Mm -hmm. their kids go. Mm -hmm. So that's where you went and you just cut funding because yeah, the little minions, they're not useful if they can think. Right. So there's a concrete example right here in in the state, Governor J.B. Pritzker of Illinois. And I actually called him today about it. And uh, his his secretary got, got, yeah, got a little, uh, or one of the people in his office, I got a little testy with me. She's like, he, 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 you know, he, the legislature did that. I said, well, I've been looking to see if he'd said anything about it, if he tried to fight for it and I can't. So, you know, as I'm calling you, can you help me? Can you help me? Did he, did he, did he stand up for the children? Mm. Oh, she was not happy. Um, so yeah, I've been actually calling legislatures, uh, le- excuse me, elected officials around the country and, um, posting the video of the phone call on TikTok Instagram. and Instagram, Instagram. And I'm calling them out on a lot of this stuff. I love it. Uh, just not just education, also about racism and, you know, Michelle Wu in Boston with her no white people Christmas party and things like that, calling and giving them, you know, giving them a piece of my mind. And um, people are really loving it because nobody does it. Nobody's 100%. standing up. Nobody's standing up for the average Joe. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know, not enough of us are not enough of us are you are mm-hmm. I am and I could name you know I could name some others but we need more of us because if there are enough of us speaking up and spreading the truth and shining light in these dark places they can't hide That's they are right. demons they do fight they do what's the word recoil from truth mm-hmm. and they will they will back off eventually mm-hmm. once enough of us are, are awake yeah, hundred percent. So, do you? What is your what is your strategy now moving forward? You've made this documentary. Um, do you have like a team of people that have come to your aid and want to get on board, or are you still like the the lonely wolf out there, you know, crying? It's it's a it's a little lone wolf, but I find that a lot of people once they hear about it are saying, "Let me introduce you to so and so," and oh, I'm gonna I know this other guy who's got a podcast that this is a good fit and let me introduce you over there. And it's starting to grow that way. And, you know, my Twitter community is growing and a lot of those people are putting the word out there. And, you know, I, I made this film entirely out of my own pocket. It was me and the editor. That was it. Amazing. So research writing, booking hotel rooms like all of it was on you know every last thing was on me and he only did the editing which I shouldn't say only because it was it was an awful lot to make that film um and travel with me but you know I didn't have any marketing budget after that this is entirely word of mouth this is a passion project to hit people over the head with the truth about the media lying to them and then the history of what's going on and and how this came to be and tell them, let them stop and start really looking at their teachers and librarians. And I hate to do that to teachers and librarians, but unfortunately that's, you know, that's the first line of defense there um, or the first line of, you know, who's putting this in front of the kids. 
uh, we, we, and it's, it's, it's happening, you know, people are starting to see the film and they're starting to talk about it. And I'm getting a lot of great feedback, like, oh my God, I had no idea it was this bad. I believed the media. I believed in the book ban stories mm-hmm. and now I'm looking at it differently. And that's just it. I just want to crack, crack the, you know, facade. Mm-hmm. So I'm out here going on podcasts like this. I'm reaching out to a few dozen people a day, as much as I can with, no budget, no team, you know? So wow. It's, uh, yeah. I'm just out here fighting on my own. You're, you're, being, you're being led by God. That's for sure. You know, I, am. I, I just feel like that's, that's where the charge, that's where the energy comes from. So how can people support you? Where can they find you? What do you need right now? And what's the last message that you'd like to tell parents out there? Okay. So they can watch the film first thing at americangroomerfilm.com. So just go there, click play. It's right there on the top. It's free to watch. There is a donate button if anybody wants to support my work because I would love to be able to do more. Um, Other than that, if you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter and get in this conversation, it'll help you to stay informed. I'm at The Based Mother on both Instagram and Twitter. And those are the places. And, you know, final word is first things first. Awareness is the first step that we need to take. We need to let more people know the truth about what's happening and the truth about what's in these books that removing them from schools is not book banning, you know, it's just removing materials that aren't appropriate for children. Um, And then beyond that, once you help me spread the word, you know, find people who are like-minded and step up and run for your local school board positions, get out there, or at least start going to the school boards and putting them on the spot and asking them why this stuff is there. You know, here in the States, we've always been told that voting is the most important thing we can do. It is extremely important. And if you voted, you've done your civic duty. And I believed that for years. And yes, it is partially true. It is important that we vote, but that keeps us complacent. If we think that by voting, we've done something for our country, we are fools and we've been asleep at the wheel and they have, it, 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 we, we've just completely disengaged from the process that was meant and set up for us to be involved in and look where it's gotten us. So we got to step up. You got to step up and, and fight for the kids. Amen. And I'm the first to say that I was a fool. I was definitely asleep at the wheel. And I think we've been conditioned not to be interested in politics for a reason, especially up here in Canada. Boy, it is sleepy and we are complacent. And I was one of those. I, you know, just like wouldn't even imagine, wouldn't even imagine. Now I won't really go into it because I see that the entire system needs to fall and it's completely corrupt. Um, But I will lead a parallel society and create a new community outside of that system. And that's what, you know, I've got to do. That's what we all have to do. And Anyway, I love that. I just want to say you leading a parallel society, people like you building and me out here shouting Mm -hmm. and letting people know what's going on. And I know you're also doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, it really inspires me. It does. This yeah, is awesome. Yeah, I mean, Thank and you. you inspire me to put together. I know how much this takes, and uh, you know, for you to say, "I'm going to do this. I'm going to go," you know, and I'm going to put this together on my own dime and my own time. And I know that's because we are being called, and some of us feel that we can't just sit by idly while we, we see this evil continue to um, disparage our our communities. 
And so I appreciate you. I know my viewers will appreciate you and I will have everything in the show notes. And I would love to have you on again, especially if you're going to do a sequel. Maybe you and I can do some work down the road <laughs> and um, I can have you in our, um, our unschooling community um, later on for a further interview. I'd love to. I'd love Wonderful. to talk more. Yeah. Okay. Maybe in person one day. Yeah, that would be great. I might be <laughs> fleeing. Better. I might be fleeing from China and having to come down to one of your states. So <laughs> I'm in Florida. So, so far we still oh, have freedom. Yes. I know mm -hmm. you do. Yeah. That's, that would be the first place that I would go. <laughs> All right, Elena, thank you so much for your time and we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.